majestic animals extinct too we thought but make no mistake about it the woolly mammoth is back the great man Bino did you see this the woolly mammoth is literally being fucking uh, like re-DNA sampled to try it's like how they clone sheep they're trying to bring back the woolly mammoth yeah I saw scientists like got funding to do it and then I saw someone was like there's literally like 100 movies on why this shouldn't happen like referring to Jurassic Park. How about it was Josh Richards's uh fucking like investment fund that did it? It's like what what <laughs> yeah, that that's probably gonna go well. A great first venture there, uh Josh. Uh I don't know. Jack, did you see this? Yeah, uh I think I might have said that on the T last time we were here, but that's right. Yeah. They uh they're like frozen, like whatever, from woolly mammoths. They're trying to cross it, breed it with like an elephant to like make it. That would make sense. I was confused on what they were, how they were trying to do it, but. Well, normally we wouldn't have access to stuff like this. Like when was the woolly mammoth last, you know, upon us, but we've got our guy, Alex Bursick with us here. Uh, You know, the pod father, Joe Rogan, who, you know, he was doing this, what, you know, a decade before podcasts were even popular. You know, we're all kind of doing our own, uh, you know, we we learn from our idols. We learn from, you're going to hear from a guest coming up here, Bianca Parado, who's a up-and-coming stand-up comedian. She talks about kind of her idols and her pathway through the career and a very interesting career at that. So that's coming up as our guest here on Winging It. Uh, But Alex is with us kind of doing that Jamie role uh, for Joe Rogan as he's going to call cap on us, make sure that we're factually <laughs> accurate and kind of provide his, uh, you know, laugh track to whatever we're talking about. Alex, appreciate you joining the ship and no Austin. So you're our fourth member today. Well, thanks for having me again. Uh, glad to be back. And yes. uh, you could not have given me the hardest topic for like the first thing I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to be fire. like, I try to like be like, is it like, is it possible? Is it like, what's the likeliness? And they're just talking about like how and they found the genetics, so they want to try it. So that's fair. I mean, so feel free to interject if you've got anything. Just give us a nonverbal cue, and we'll anything supplemental to the conversation. We welcome and welcome aboard. Um, oh yeah. So the woolly mammoth is back. That's crazy. Um, how about so again? We've been off for two weeks on winging it. We appreciate you. We're having our best month ever. So. This is a credit to you guys. We appreciate that. Uh, football certainly helping as well for the overall podcast network. We are sold out of XL short sleeves. Joey is hard in the lab. Long sleeves still available in all sizes, So, but they're going quickly. So make sure you do that at CorbettSports.com, the wing and the gear under the shop tab. Um, so from two weeks ago, did you see AOC, the senator, Who's all about? Yeah, I mean, this was what? What do you feel about this? This is crazy. She's, I, I get it. Okay, she's very democratic. She doesn't like Wall Street. Tax the rich on her like ten thousand dollar plus dress, written like it was in blood from a serial killer, and you know she's having almost a servant walk behind her carrying her dress that says "Tax the rich" as she pays fifty k to go hang out with the rich. Yeah, it's kind of just a read the room situation you know that's 
that's you don't get that point across at the Met Gala. <laughs> who who all, was it? A Gucci place. Mane who had the uh, Met Gala song. That's a bad yeah. One. Yeah, I don't. I mean, to play devil's advocate, I think I read that the whole point was like, regardless of people were all like mad about it. There's it got him talking. Millions like Portnoy's tweeting about it, and it's like yeah. okay. It's like he's shitting on it, but he has over 2 million people that follow him. So, like, it's just reaching. It got people talking, but, like, I, I just didn't – it did look very hypocritical of her. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I don't know if it was true or not. I didn't have a fact checker, but apparently the designer of that dress has, like, gotten in trouble for not paying her taxes in the past. <laughs> So oh, that's yeah. about as hypocritical as it gets. <laughs> I mean, I come on. And she's big, like, hey, wear your mask, wear your mask. And then she she's not wearing a mask as the person, you know, carrying her entire dress is wearing one or forced to wear one. But I, I actually need someone to explain to me, like I'm five years old. What what is the Met Gala? Is it's it? like a arts and this might be a versic thing, but it's like arts and <laughs> celebrating like the arts. I guess yeah. it's just like, why do all these rich people go to it? And why is it $50,000 or whatever per seat? Like they, they celebrate the arts as in like literal paintings or like, like, like fashion. Like dude, that. it's not unlike Miami's art basil or whatever, where like, it's just a rich, like New York fashion week, art basil in Miami is just art. And I'm pretty sure like a banana duct taped to a piece of plywood sold for like thousands of dollars. As modern art, I, never, I will <laughs> never understand that. Like, why can't I duct tape a banana to a piece of plywood? That's what I'm saying. Or like that dude in Italy who sold literally air. Oh and, yeah, <laughs> and it was like you're supposed to imagine what it is. Like, yeah, that's the headiest of plays. Um, Alex, <laughs> are are we right on any of this? Uh, what what are we missing? Uh, let me let me just give it to you straight. Basically, the history is that uh, it used to be the costume initiate. Oh, sorry, Institute Gala, or Costume Institute Benefit, also known as Met Ball. It was a mm-hmm. annual fundraising gala to benefit the Metropolitan Museum of Arts Costume Institute in New York City. So that would explain a lot. Thank you for that because it's so that's it's like your kind of knack is. Hey, it's not a, more of a fashion statement. It's a costume statement. Like get people talking about what you're wearing and it's mm-hmm. a charity benefit. So, I mean, like mm-hmm. expensive to go and that all goes to charity. So it, it benefits that museum or what does yeah, it benefit? The, okay. The Metropolitan Museum of Art, but it's not, hold on. Let me read that again. Cause you it says, my, it, sorry, Alex, go ahead. No, you're good. The, uh, it says to benefit the Metropolitan Museum of Arts Costume Institute. So I guess that specific division puts it on and they probably take all the funding. Right. No, because the museum is museums are generally non for profit, right? They receive donations, people keeping museums alive because they won't don't want to see the arts die. Uh, Fun fact, my speaking of guests, we're going to have to get my dad on because I've got a load here about my dad. My dad was the night guard at the Metropolitan (laughs) Museum of Art back in the 70s, Um, like literally Ben Stiller. (laughs) <laughs> so we, we've got a lot of questions there um, quite a bit yes no kidding cold. yeah let me knock out some of it so again two weeks ago i'm now 27 now we don't have austin here to discuss this quarter life crisis but maybe we'll touch on that in the coming weeks so i'm 27 now um 
holy crap, the U.S. Open. First of all, so here's my thing. We'll talk about this is what this is one of my top most exciting, exhilarating sporting like, you know, the championship of a sporting a certain sport, tennis, hockey, Stanley Cup and UFC title fight. I nominate as three like kind of edgier seat. You can't look away like you can't take a piss and maybe miss a play because it's that crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I can I did. Did you put tennis in there? Tennis, yes. Oh my so, god, I was so pissed. Djokovic fucking laid an egg, but I, still, every single play, every single rally, you're like the entire people are holding their breath, and it's just an incredible atmosphere. I that was the first tennis match I've watched in years. The the final uh, Djokovic match. Oh, you was, watched what, it? What was, really? guy, what was the other guy's name? Yeah, Medvedev. Yeah, dude, Djokovic really fucked it. Dude, how about when he broke his racket? I we were watching that live. I was like, holy crap! I was like, he's so <laughs> fucked. I was like, this I laid way too much money on him. Like, holy <laughs> crap! I'm like sweating next to my mom. I'm like, oh my god. How many how many famous people did you see there? Dude, so this is – so another thing with my dad, I'm going to post this as like a uh, – we'll post on Winging it as like a – our Instagram page is like a Where's Waldo. <laughs> like you comment what famous people you see. Because my dad caught everyone in 4K at the U.S. Mm-hmm. Open. I'm talking we're – so we were in a box on the corner, which was great. And like uh, we were directly kind of looking across at the president's box, which is basically – the U.S. uh, Tennis Association just inviting celebrities. And you have to, like, wear a suit and everything. Like, it's it's, it's basically basically the Met Gala. That one section is the Met Gala. Um, James Corden, who I got a picture with. John McEnroe, I passed on the stairs, former tennis player. He was calling the game. My dad, so, uh, like, we're, uh, there's a sweet elevator, and some people in our box were like, yeah, um, I think we saw Brad Pitt uh, up with like in our elevator and we're like, what? And then all of a sudden, 15 minutes later, my dad, who's just got the super long lens, just pokes his camera down to me and he goes, who's this guy in the bucket hat? And it's Brad Pitt, like trying to be like super incognito. It was Brad Pitt next to Bradley Cooper next to Rami Malek. Uh, wow. It was crazy. You, you got to keep your girlfriend away from that squad. Oh my god! Yeah, James. <laughs> she was more into James Corden. Um, but my dad, I can't explain this camera to you because these people are probably like a football field and a half away. And like after the game, we're back in my dad. <laughs> I call my lab, my office, the lab for like sports betting, whatever. Where I do my editing. My dad has a lab, like for photography, and he pulls it up and he just he just zooms in and you could see fucking the booger in ben stiller's nostril ben stiller also there like it was like incredibly detailed um larry david was there leo dicaprio Derek rose um and then i shook hands with bill ackman (laughs) it was great we were like we were leaving through the entrance that everyone was leaving because we had a driving service and everyone's kind of like oh my god james gordon james gordon i see some gray haired guy walk i go is that bill ackman I like kind of hover over to him. I go, Bill, he looks at me. I give him, I just like go in for a handshake. And he's just like, I'm like, dude, I'm a huge fan. That was it. And he was like, oh my God. And like my dad's sniping photos of him, like smiling, like walking away, talking to me. (laughs) Connect. Your dad and Larry David should have gotten a picture. (laughs) You couldn't tell them apart. (laughs) That's what I was going to say. 
um we've had we've discussed our kind of celebrity moments right people we've ran into one uh this kind of jogged my memory of one i left out also during this trip i visited my brother in dc which i gotta say is a hell of a city uh have you guys been washington dc pretty uh, cool town just to walk around i've never been i've been yeah you get like your slash of history you get your bars you get some elegant diners alex have you been there yeah, uh, my aunt took me in like eighth grade, and so I haven't I haven't seen the bar scene by any means, but it was sure. it was awesome. You weren't sloshed on the street, no. Uh, <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean the history is cool. Like I went on a bike ride with like we bought one of those city bikes, and like it was my brother took us. He keeps going, yeah, we're almost there, and it's like fucking two miles. But we drove by like the Lincoln Memorial at night, the monument at night. It was sick. Um, I forgot where I was going there. Oh yeah. So we had, we had seats behind home plate at the Orioles game and Vladimir Guerrero juniors in the on deck circle. First of all, no, what was funny was I'm like texting my buddies. I'm like, Hey, someone go, someone go on my MLB TV account and see if you could see me behind home plate. And then someone sends me a photo and you just see my, my elbow. Like, <laughs> so and then the whole game, I'm like kind of leaning in front of the guy next to me, just like acting like I'm tying my shoes, trying to be on television. Um, <laughs> But I see Vladimir Guerrero Jr. on the on deck circle and we kind of just like meet eyes and I give him I give him like a salute and he just looks back at me and goes, let's go. First pitch, he rips a single up the middle and I was just I creamed. I creamed. That was um, all you. Right. Credit, credit to you for that. Thank you. Yes, I deserve, I should charge. I should send him an invoice. But yeah. it reminded me of when I first moved to St. Louis and like, God, this had to have been the spring of 2010. Like right before I'm about to move there, we're about, I'm about to move to go to Lafayette high school. You guys are about to go to Lafayette high school. And uh, I'm at Merrill Morse's, my cousin's basketball game. And I hear, you know, people are whispering, yeah, yeah, yeah. Albert Pools, Albert Pools. Albert Pools is in the other gym of this rec game we're randomly at watching his kid play. And then he's walking by. I'm like, holy shit. You know, I'm like the sports fanatic. I'm like, oh my God. This is when iPhones are just becoming super popular with kids. And I'm trying to sneak a fucking, you know, I'm trying to sneak a photo of him walking by with this kid. He literally turns stops. I had to have been 14 at a time. He just looks at me and goes, nice try taking a picture, kid. And just storms <laughs> off. I was like, Albert, I love you. Damn. Wow. Dude, I saw, I saw Albert. Uh, he went to church with uh, the Messers. And okay. we went to some, like, I don't know. It probably was because it was like a charity now that I'm thinking about it. But uh, yeah, we saw him. And I remember as like a kid with a group of kids running up to him doing the same thing, like Albert, Albert. And he was just like giving everyone high fives and whatnot. So, yeah, but it, it was at their church. So I'm sure he's definitely. And, and he still lives in St. Louis, right? Because he's still pretty deep rooted. Mm-hmm. And he just recently came back as a member of the Dodgers. He'll drive by his house in the off season and he'll just be out in the front yard. Like he'll give you a nice wave on by. Just, it's like awesome. Ever damn um last thing i had is all right so let's get to this because uh you know the midlife crisis we're not there is there such a thing as the quarter life crisis i mean i i get like shit so i've passed it i'm 27 now and shit i mean there's a lot of pressure of like you know i we're farting around creating content that people enjoy but it's a lot of us just kind of and i work hard but it's a lot of just you know talking to my friends you know shooting the shit uh making entertaining stuff but I mean, shit, there's a lot of pressure on people our age coming out of college, wanting to feel like we're worth what we're making, but also wanting to, you know, 
just think how many people have changed career paths in the five years out of college, changed homes, moved states. Um, have you been yeah. experiencing this quarter life crisis, Brendan, at all? I mean, I would say to an extent, I mean, I think it's a lot of just when, when you say quarter life crisis, it's a lot of, you know, you're, you're trying to find still who you are, like yeah. what you want to do the rest of your life. You kind of get caught up in comparing yourself to like others your age to like, oh, this totally. person does this and makes this amount of money. And um, I think that's, you know, can play a big part into it. Um, so, I mean, I think everyone experiences that to some extent. Totally. That's just like the human instinct is just like, yeah, seeing where your college buddies are at now or people in your concurrent profession. Um, it's uh, Hey, Porter. Porter's in here chilling with me, barking. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, so I mean, I understand to, an in, uh, to a point like how 20, because you go from being a college kid where it's like, all right, you know, I can be a wild kid and get away with it to, you know, still being kind of wild in your 20s, still wanting to live life. Thank you, Porter. Yes, he agrees with me. Um, but still being kind of wild, but then also waking up the next day or waking up on a Monday and being like, oh, shit, I got to go be a professional again. Yeah, that, I mean, that's definitely one reality that everyone has to face that sucks. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I would say the biggest portion of like a, a quarter life crisis is just really just trying to figure out you know, what the hell am I going to do? Like, am I in the right spot right now? Am I, is what I'm doing right now going to be, you know, beneficial for me within the next, for the next 20, 30, 40 years, you know, rest of my life. When, thank you, Porter. Yes. When I was uh good Lord, when I was in rugby, North Dakota, when I was 23 years old and I was just contemplating like leaving everything, you know, like I was just like, I can't be in this remote town of 1100 people. I basically don't know one or hate them or just fucking, you know, like I can't, I can't do this anymore. And now all of a sudden I've turned that in a couple of years to, you know, having a kick-ass house in a bigger city with my friends again. And, you know, mm -hmm. at least starting uh, something that I'm passionate about, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that's kind of, I mean, not to get fucking super deep here on sure. winging it, but yes, I mean, therapy session yeah. is open. That's our new yeah, segment. That, that's like the hardest thing is like finding something that, you know, you can support yourself and feel comfortable financially, but also feel passionate about yeah. at the same time, to some extent. Speaking of working, Jack has to take a work call real quick. So he'll rejoin us here in a bit. Uh, Alex, did you have something there? Sorry, I keep muting myself. Do you guys hear the keys here? T test this out real quick. No, that is quiet as a cat. Okay, that. cool. I, I felt like I was like way too, you know, the clicky key thing. But anyways, no, but I was going to just say rugby North Dakota. I didn't know you were staying there. I just <laughs> <looked it up. laughs> you're like 1100 people. That's, that's exactly true. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you don't know that happened. I was like, I moved there. I'm like, oh, you know, it's shit. It's a cool place. I get we have a nine hole golf course, you know, and that's the only civilization for the next hour. I'm like, yeah, the boys will come up here. I would not over my grave invite my friends to that place. They would have <laughs> never I, I would have lost all my friends. Dude, and I, also, Kelsey did not live with you when you were there, right? No, yeah, she didn't move with me until I moved to Rapid City, which is like kind of this like the size of Columbia, but it was better than rugby. Holy yeah. shit, dude. I would have been bored out of my fucking mind. I'm not going to lie. Which I you can, were. I can <laughs> say I know Highway 94 and oh, I know Highway 29. Highway. Uh, yeah. Honestly, I kind of agree <laughs> in the summer. But uh, but yeah, I've gone all the way east and west on that highway. But um, 
never like got up to like my what is it Minot? Yeah, like, Minot's be, uh, yeah. basically the closest bigger one. big city next to where we were. That was about an hour away. Um, big city as in another village. <laughs> correct. Yes, yeah. the village was Sorry. a building Sorry, that's three stories. Um. So one thing I've noticed, like in you know quarter life and just growing older now, being more of an adult, is my dad and I is and my dad's old. Excuse me, but our relationship now is so interesting because, like, I mean, like now that the world is so progressive that pot's legal everywhere. Like, whenever I, you know, I enjoy pot. My parents don't mind if, like, you know, I'm relaxing with something outside of their house. They understand it because I, I love just like, and I didn't as a kid because you know my parents were taking me to museums, great trips, and I was that brat that was like, sports, show me more sports. I hate this. You know, we're at the Galapagos Islands. I'm like, this sucks. Where's the internet? Um. But now, like, and so that's why my brother, Ian Corbett, right, guest from last two weeks ago, just got along with my, like, they were museum hunting together. They're going to Israel together. But so now I'm kind of feel like I'm missing out. Like, it's just like he was a fountain of information. And I wondered, like, if you feel that with your parents, too, where it's like, holy shit, now that it's kind of man to man, you just get a whole different perspective with your dad and with your mom at this age. Absolutely. And especially with, just like having to work a full-time job, you know, right. you get what your parents went through the whole time while you were in college, dicking around. <laughs> yeah, and, could you imagine you know, with kids? Yeah. Yeah. And having to support not only yourself financially, but kids as well. I mean, it just, it gives you a clear picture through their lens, which that's why I think after I graduated college, I had a much better relationship with my parents. Cause I was yeah. like, okay, I, I get it now. You know, I can see life, somewhat through your eyes and kind of what you've had to deal with totally alex yeah uh, yeah uh, it's <laughs> kids scare me for the reason of <laughs> That's just recently we'll, we'll have our 30 year uh, fucking crisis once that occurs. yeah <laughs> i was visiting my brother-in-law and sister-in-law and they have a newborn and it was i just saw my life flash before my eyes um last thing on my dad he claims as his aforementioned cult which he finally revealed the name to me the NSA, his cult was the NSA, the National Security Agency. Like, get a better name. The, he claims his cult NSA. Like, what, did what, he say what it stood for, or was it the National Security Agency? No, it was just NSA. He didn't elaborate on it. That was oh, okay. that was my attempt at a stand-up joke. Uh, <laughs> you'll hear from a much better stand-up uh, our guest coming up later on. Um, so my dad claims that his cult, basically, where the U.S. Open is held. They like lived there and they cleaned it up. Like that was like their cult project was cleaning up the tennis area arena kind of village where the US Open sell them. Like, okay, <laughs> the NSA. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> it was just a cult that went around cleaning places. Right, exactly. To an extent. And he was there. Yeah, for- I mean, I I think Ian would benefit from joining one. He likes cleaning. Oh my stuff. god. We're gonna have to get the Ian Corbett back. Thank you, Porter. Yes, he agrees. Um, so I visited Ian in DC and like every other fucking word out of his mouth was my job. He's like, dude, he's like, Oh, he's like, dude, I don't even know what the fuck I'm doing. Like, then all of a sudden I'd be like, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of hot out. He's like, dude, it gets so hot when I'm just sitting there, like working for my job. I'm like, Ian, I'm about to, <laughs> and you're like, you're talking about you something, com- 
completely unrelated and he brings up his job ties him to his job somehow can't do it and then he's calling my mom and he's like if my mom calls me you know and it's like it's like we're playing telephone because then my mom's like hey will you talk to ian he says he's addicted to marijuana i'm like i don't think that's possible and that's a, like what the hell is he even talking about and i call him, he's like yeah i don't know i just hate my fucking job I'm like yeah, tell me fucking all um, that's a good that's a good second question is do you think it is or isn't possible to be addicted to marijuana that is a good question because you know it's like god i don't know it's like it's not the one that's poor i don't know what you're growling at right now it's on my window um thank you but it's like what do you do um you know it's not the worst thing for your health right in terms of drugs that you could do it's being legalized you know where's the Where's the fine line between how much someone consumes on a nightly basis having a beer versus a joint? Yeah, I, I don't smoke. So, I mean, it's hard for me to answer this question, but Alex, we got to hold Alex it down. Would love to hear your input here. Alex, your I mean, input as I let out my dog Porter filibuster. Yeah, here. yeah. Uh, no, I would just say that the uh, <laughs> thank you, Porter. <laughs> the uh, no, like moving to Denver was kind of an eye opener for myself because that's exactly right is uh, I think I'll have to repeat it when it gets back. But yeah, uh, everyone just kind of treats it exactly that way after work, like a long day of work. Oh, man, I need a drink. Like people go home and they're like, oh, man, I just I want a bowl. I want to sit down. Like Corbett, what's up? I was just saying that. <laughs> so, yeah, I was like people treat it exactly that way here in Denver. Um, they like I moved here and I realized people like go home, man, long day. I want to drink here. They go home. They'll honestly throw it out there. But like, I can't wait to go home, smoke a bowl. And you're like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, yeah, I get that. And, uh, and honestly, like it's, I, I don't know. There's no, it, there's I much less of a stigma around it too. Like I, shit, yeah, you know, when yeah. we all kind of messed around with pot in high school, like I was so much more worried, kind of like I'm spraying cologne over myself like 10,000 fucking times. I'm kind of like, oh, my God, do they know? Do they know? Now I'm just like, shit, I'm walking in anywhere, like reeking of whatever. And it's just like, OK, I could still function and have a appropriate conversation with you. Like, what's the big deal? Which yeah. is almost well, better than alcohol. Like if you walk into a place stinking drunk, they're gonna be like, who the what the hell are you talking about? Even yeah. even cigs. Sorry, even even cigs like people who will smoke a cigarette before to step into a restaurant smell 10 times worse in the whole restaurant but like oh no one likes that as much as like like someone who just smokes a joint like they might smell it for like a few minutes you know right yeah Sorry. and going back to your point about like you know getting off work some people like to you know drink a beer some people like to smoke a bowl it's like uh way easier to be a functioning member of society smoking as opposed to drinking you don't get violent it, yeah, you don't get exactly. You don't get violent. And on top of that, I mean, if you have too many beers, you're going to be too hungover to work the next day. Right. You're going to need some hot. hot. You're just going to fall asleep and then wake up and be. I mean, you might be a little groggy, but you're not going to be hungover that you can't go into work. And, so, to, and to the question where it's like, is it addictive? It's like, no. I mean, I could totally go weekends and be like, okay, I don't have pot, whatever. But it's like, damn, I really wish I had some pot. <laughs> you know, it's just like it's like an added, like, okay, you know, this is awesome. That's um, that's the best way. I I think a lot of people would agree with that statement. Is, but who knows? I think there's also the personality traits that 
Like sure. to there's that a, question, there's always going to have people that are just like, oh, that's the devil's lettuce. I once went yeah. to a wedding where uh, the family was against cursing. And I was like, how the hell am I even supposed to exist here and like speak a single spoken word? Shoot. Um, shoot uh... Yeah. Yeah. Shoot. Guard darn it. Jack, welcome back. Um, I've got right, a question. No, 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 no problem at all. Um, question for the group here. Are you guys bikers? Mm, I'm not. Like, I, my thing is, is I'm pretty tall, and I, bikes. You would have to get a custom. People one. always tell me like, "Oh, you just got to get a better fitted bike." And like, I've tried. I'm just too awkwardly shaped, like it too lanky. You get custom shoes, do you not? Because you have the big like you're like Shaq. Not custom, but it's just like I have to I have to go online to where like they don't sell my size in stores. Right. Okay. So like I have to get it like in. I would say 50% of places don't even make my size. Even if I go online, it sucks. I had a bike. I would like to a lot. Um, I've been hitting the spin bike quite a bit lately. <laughs> am, but Yeah. I like, so my friends have bikes here and like, I have three dogs. So my excuse is kind of like, if I'm going to go outside and exercise, I'd rather just go and walk them because they, they wouldn't do well on the bike with me. I know some dogs are um alex i mean you're out in denver right you're in bike territory you got to be enjoying some of that or maybe you're uh i wit i definitely go hiking a lot but uh the bicycle game out here is nuts like so yeah. i went my first year looking on craigslist looking facebook marketplace you know you everyone wants like 1500 or more for like their bike around here for anything decent and that's probably similar across the country right now. Like bikes have excelled or, you know, progressed so well, but I've bought two motorcycles for less than a grand. So I, Damn. I think I would just go buy another. I'd rather motorcycle. have that. Yeah. yeah. Do the <laughs> work for me. me. It'll um, take me home and back. My brother's got like a kick-ass. Well, first of all, he bought a kick-ass bike and it got stolen. Uh, <laughs> so, so now he's got like a high tech fucking, uh, you know, safety lock and whatever. And he dropped his new expensive bike down the stairs. Um, but he like uses it a lot. That's something I would just kind of buy and not use enough. I feel like, um, yeah. I, I will say that we, uh, we visited Bursic in Colorado last year. Right. Um, and we all went on like a big group bike ride and doing it in Colorado is like super awesome. Cause you get to see, Oh yeah. You know, I was definitely huffing wind. I was, that, that was, yeah. that wasn't your mother's walk. I mean, your bike, bike ride. That, that was decent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I've got some barstool questions here. First about Brendan's boy Vibs. Um, uh -oh. oh my God. I saw this dude the other day. You think that dude enjoys Adderall a bit much? That guy's got more <laughs> bags under his eyes than a weekend in the Vegas with the boys. Um, what the hell is going on? There? <laughs> that was it. I was Wait, the only one. Is, seen is that the dude? Who... Yeah. The guy who said you had terrible I, music. I cho choice. Either, or... Wait, is Vibs the dude who made fun of me? The, the guy that said you a terrible music yeah. taste. Yeah, fuck him. I don't pay yeah. attention to him. And I think it was um, said that he was 30, that he was 30. And then I think I saw he was on that trivia competition or whatever, and they like had a player card and he was 37. I was like, I was like, wait a second, what? Uh Jesus. <laughs> 37 years old. My God. I would love put me on rough and rowdy with that guy, please. I'm <laughs> glad you brought that up because here's my question. Like, so now it just got announced, like, their new hire. I don't know where they get these guys. Like, yeah, you take guys that are kind of funny that you can make fun of, and they kind of make fun of themselves, and you turn them into barstool stars. 
So now the new they announced a new rough and rowdy where it's Jersey Jerry versus uh, you know some other guy. And my question is, is that the whole game where it's just because I feel like that's where a majority of Barstool employees have kind of rose to their fame as if they won at rough and rowdy. I remember <laughs> Marty Mush. I was in this huge gambling chat, like on group me with people across the nation, like 500 people across the nation randomly. And uh, this dude, Matt Browner was in it. And he was like, he's throwing thousands of dollars on games. And he thought he was all hot shit. Cause he worked at Barstool. He fought Marty Mush lost and then never heard from him again. Like he was <laughs> gone. Um, Wow, it, it, it's bizarre, oh. but like Hank won rough and rowdy, wasn't Barstool Pat and rough and rowdy? Like, it's odd how, like, it's almost like a ritual. Let's have a uh, let's have like a winging it version of rough and rowdy, yeah. <laughs> Locker, we'll, we'll sponsor it, and Post. we'll we'll just pick people who have beef and they get to fight, <laughs> and we'll sponsor it, yeah. And then me and Jack will fight, and whoever loses gets kicked <laughs> off the show. Jack just called out uh, Drew. Brendan just called out Jack. Gets kids off to hear you fight for you fight for your lines. Um, okay, what Brendan? Give me. I thought this was hilarious. I brought this up as our fantasy punishment in a different league. Brad's fantasy punishment this weekend. Give me all the funny things around. Oh my god! So Brad's fantasy punishment this weekend was. So the thing is, we we never really came to a conclusion on what the fantasy punishment was going to be. And then he was scheduled to be here in a week. And we start, we finally started talking about like, okay, what should his fantasy punishment be? So we came to the conclusion that um, his punishment was he had to, he had to throw a thousand dollars on a sports game of his choosing. And if he won, he had to contribute all of the money that he won towards uh, bottle service. <laughs> um, so he bet Boise state this week, minus three and a half versus um oklahoma State. state had a yeah we had a big pregame had everyone over we're super pumped to watch it and unfortunately it did not hit they they so, were up too close though close can you explain to me that fumble like was that did you see it the the big so i was i was doing hockey all freaking uh this is funny i was doing 19 actually 18 hockey games this weekend for a showcase like it's great hockey and like i don't get paid enough by do it because it's like i mean it's a good company and i get a chance to put my hockey shit on tape but i i literally did seven games in a row on friday seven in a row on saturday and then like four straight on sunday saturday's college football so like the game's five nothing and i'm just you know i'm I'm a professional. If it's a good game, I'll give you my best. But if it's five nothing and there's a football game on, I'm watching the football game. And every like three minutes, I'm just like, and there's a shot to center. Uh, just saying like ambiguous phrases that still make it sound like that. I'm still paying attention. And there, there's a great shot from the wing um, as I'm watching BC. I forgot where I was going with that, but uh, oh, oh, I didn't. So I didn't see it. I was following all college football. I didn't see the play live. It was awful. You should check it out and tell me. How upset was Brad? He was pretty down bad. He was yeah. pretty down bad. It was it was devastating. Just, I mean, especially like, because dude, they, of that fumble. Yeah, like they literally scooped and scored, and then they called it back, and it was definitely not down. Dude. Yeah. 
It was bad. Yeah, that was not fun. Um, neither was the Chiefs. Speaking of, uh, th- I mean, Brad was down bad. I was down bad after the Chiefs. I put a huge live bet on them as they're marching down the field, ready to kick the field goal. And then two plays later, Clyde Edwards hilarious fumbles. Uh, <laughs> my my bookie felt so bad for me. He threw me the entire bet free play. Uh, no I was like, I was like, let's go. I, yes. <laughs> um, how about this? Speaking of not fun. So the the uh, Ravens win. Jackson Mahomes pouring water on the Ravens fans. <laughs> that was, I mean, a bad look, but I mean, hey, at least Jackson Mahomes showed some nuts there. That was the first thing I've ever respected that he's done. Right? I was like, all right, that's kind of badass. It was even better the Ravens fans just getting that reaction out of him yeah. and just having water. I, yeah, yeah, there was a great reaction by the Ravens fan too. So huge W on both sides there. Well, that was funny jackson mahomes interesting follow on tiktok did you guys see that yeah. murders rose 30 percent in the last year wait what murders really? in the united states rose 30 percent oh they oh okay fuck hide your kids hide your wife i was gonna say i like at the beginning of the pandemic i was like do i need to buy a gun like people are, you know, shit, people are getting stir crazy. You've got people going down to Florida, think it's a lawless Mad Max zone. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Um, keep that shit away from Dallas. That's why. I'm yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, we got less than a minute here. Jack, do we have any tea or I think we got a pretty substantive episode. Just nonetheless, we'll come back strong next week. Yeah, nothing too big to report. We can, we can touch all on it next week. We should uh, – I, I had Gabby Petito down. That's something – I mean, everyone's just kind of yeah, dissecting we gotta, that. I had that too. We got a crazy story. That. We'll kind of get more into that, and hopefully we'll learn more information uh, coming up. Appreciate Alex debuting with us and filling in. Uh, you'll hear a lot more from him. Brendan Duarte, Jack Duncan. We'll get our guy Austin Platts back next week. You're about to hear from a stand-up comedian, Bar- uh, Bianca Parado. Great stuff. Really interesting. Uh, hope you enjoy it. Subscribe, rate, review wherever you enjoy your podcast, watch on YouTube, et cetera. And we'll talk to you next week. Very exciting. We're bringing back our guest segment here on Winging It. And we've got a very interesting guest and we hope you're going to learn a lot more about stand-up comedy and what she's got going on. Uh, so Bianca Parado, thanks for joining us. A little bit about yourself uh, and how you kind of got into the world of stand-up comedy. Uh, thank you for having me, first off. I got in a stand-up, I don't know, I just, I would start writing things down that I thought were funny, and I always, like, really loved to watch stand-up comedy, so I was always, like, a really big fan of it, and then at some point, those just kind of came together right. as one, and I don't know, I did it one time, and I was like, yeah, I'm probably going to do this for, like, the rest right. of my life, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're pretty good at it. Jack and I saw one of your shows. I don't know if Jack has ever been to another show too but how many how many shows have you done in total now would you say like have you lost count well i run i run two shows a week and then i run a monthly show um out of like this place called the creek in the cave so those i've been doing now like every week since like april so a Hmm. pretty large amount and then mics like i don't know i do like two or three mics a night and i just go throughout the week almost like every day i feel like guilty if i don't do a a mic of some sort right yeah i was actually at the first show ever at the east side karaoke bar in columbia yeah i was (laughs) go ahead 
No, no, no. Keep going. That was awesome. You, that yeah. was what made me want to do it more. <laughs> it was literally just like a, like a bunch of townies and like 10 of our friends and they, we were just loudest for her and they were just not happy we were there. <laughs> awesome. I like went and I like scouted it out a couple of weeks before like I actually like went and started doing it. Same so, with here. I would like went out to all the comedy clubs like and didn't go up and just like watch for a little bit and then I went up. Speaking of scouting, I was checking out your stuff. So you did you start kind of performing live and kind of really dedicating like this is my passion in 2019. And then did the pandemic just hit? And like, what were your thoughts going on? Because it was the unprecedented thing that just upended the world, especially, you know, having crowds in front of you so you can make them laugh. Yeah, no, that definitely really sucked because I moved out to LA when they were doing like one of those like reopening phases. And I was like, yeah, like I'll get in there. I'll have good rent, everything like lined up at once. And then I got there and they like announced the second shutdown. And I was like, well, here goes my savings. So I, I just chilled for a little. No, I'm kidding. I didn't go through. I got, I got different jobs. I did other stuff. But um, I just had to wait. And then LA didn't say anything about reopening. And Austin, like comedy was coming to Austin. I was like, fuck it. Like, let's do right. that. So, I mean, what was it like kind of just upping and moving for your passion? Like, you always hear about, hey, LA is the place. Just get there and make it happen. What were your nerves like when you were finally willing to make that leap and you're like, hey, let's go fucking do this? Yeah, I just kind of was like sick of like waiting for something to happen. And I just like wanted to do it. Like, I, I don't know. I was just like done with it. I, I had reached or reached my like target goal savings wise. And I just was like, all right, I'm walking the airport and everything lined up. And I just yeah. sent it. Got Love that. So, so how long have you been in Austin for now? um since april so april may june july august like six months good yeah so jack i mean you know jack and i are in dallas now we gotta we gotta make a trip yes to austin and see a show yeah we need to trade weekends you guys have to come down there's actually yeah. a really good show happening like this next wednesday so how really? awesome is austin i hear Austin's absolutely incredible it's so i mean i'm so happy i moved here it's like st louis like vibes like people wise but like elevated city wise i don't know but i also really like the live music and performance like aspects yeah. like, there's always something going on it's yeah it's got a lot of personality how's Dude. dallas well i've never been to dallas either dallas is awesome i love it brendan i mean yeah dallas is i mean kind of similar to what you just said there's so many like because i mean we went to mizzou with bianca there's so many mizzou people down here and it's like there, there's just always something always something going on stuff to do great, great weather weather um i mean yeah. shit it gets fucking hot sometimes but i mean that's one thing i'm looking forward to is like fall weather and winter weather i'm same with austin like it's going to be way better than living in the midwest yeah. i mean you're coming from la so the <laughs> it's <laughs> right, probably not as good as la but shit definitely better than the midwest i yeah because it's like even it's not gonna it's probably it's going to get cold, but it's not going to get nearly as cold for as long as like what we're used to. So I don't really like, yeah. I like to, I like cold weather. I don't like, like unfortunate, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like, oh, yeah, like icy. Yeah. yeah stuff like slush. For slush days everywhere. it's gross. Yeah. So I, I have a question. Cause you said you're performing like multiple times per week. Usually yeah. do you do the same routine every time or do you switch it up like new material? How does that work 
I, I try to switch it up a lot because you do it in front of a lot of some of the same people that either go to your shows or like around other comics. And you're like, I don't want to like, you want to like make it new for them. So I try to write new shit a lot, but yeah. I'm going up to New York this Saturday to do comedy up there. Really? So I want to try like a bunch of new stuff there or at least just see what the stuff I've been doing is like in a different city. You know yeah. I, mean? I feel like going to a big city like that is a, would be a scary time to just try completely new stuff. Yeah, like I would. I would just only tell the the funniest jokes that that I've gotten. The and the regionality of it is important too, because like the Northeast is a distinct spot, which is cool. Yeah. There's like a whole nother. You got Boston, you got New York, uh, which I think is cool to apply and to. I've never been to New York, so I'm like, it's gonna wow. be just a completely new experience in general. <laughs> so we're gonna. It's. Yeah, I have no fucking idea. So how do you get these gigs? Like, how, how do you get this gig in New York? How does that use no people? So that one is more so I'm not doing like a gig up there. There's comedians I want to meet up there and like mics I know I'm going to go to. But um, I have a friend who's actually performing up there. And she's like, I would really like you to go with me. Like, we can network a lot. You can do mics. And I was like, fuck it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've got friends up there and so I'm like staying for free and I use some points for my flight. So I was like, mama's going to New York. <laughs> Hell yeah. And I see baby. <laughs> Jack, did you have something? Otherwise yeah, I'm going to so, ask her. Go ahead. So is a day in the life right now, just kind of get up to your yonk thing and write jokes or is that. Yeah. Like I, I just tend to yonk it up <laughs> during the day. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I, I wake up. Um, I don't know. I do things like work out or like shit I need to do around the house. I write a lot. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I Cause like, I, yeah, I guess cause you, I do a show every night and I like to rearrange things or you, like, watch stuff for inspiration, like different comedians and stuff or. Yeah. Last night I was just watching like just Dave Chappelle bits on YouTube, just going through them. That was my question. Who are some of your favorite comedians, old and current and who are your idols separate from that? Okay, so like my idols, like Dave Chappelle is like my all time favorite. Yep. Um, I, like, <laughs> dude, I don't know. I love him so much because he's like, not only just, he's not only so funny, but he's like actually like a brilliant person. Like the way he writes is like incredibly talented and the way he breaks down jokes and they like flow in and out and stuff. So he's like someone that I think anybody could learn from. Um, I really like Joe Rogan. I really like Tom Segura. Um, they're great. Uh, Tony Henchcliffe is a comedian around here. I think he's so fucking quick. He's great. And then there's like local comics that I've been exposed to. Like William Montgomery is so funny. There's this like guy, Casey Rocket, who's just coming to Austin and he's maybe one of the funniest people I've ever seen. But it's, so it's like, I have like my legendary people, but then there's right. like being in the scene and like watching a lot of people doing their stuff. It's just like, you get to see people like on the come up, which is also like super cool. Uh, sorry, I've got a question to interject. You brought up Joe Rogan. What is the difference? Because a lot of people know him as the podcaster, but his stand-up act is like completely different. Like you get a whole nother side of Joe Rogan, I imagine. Yeah, you do, but it's like still the same. Like it's right. kind of same topic, still like him and his personality, but um, it's him trying to be funny. So it's like, yeah. I don't know. I've and have you, have, sorry, have you seen The Big Sick? Because that is a great movie that involves stand-up comedy that is... Uh, I don't think so, but I know it's a Judd Apatow movie. Yes. And so I know of it. I'm a huge Oh, you would love it. Fan. Um, it's actually, I think that's like one of the only movies I may have not seen by him. He does stand up. He's got a stand up special out. Yep. Yeah. Brent. 
Um, sorry, my Wi-Fi cut out there, but um, what a so what's the, did you meet Alex Jones? Did you talk to him? He was on the Kill Tony episode. Yeah, promote that. You do this Kill <laughs> yeah. Tony live podcast, which has a great following. And looks like a lot of fun. Um, yeah, so they only do like five, maybe six, I don't know, comedians a week. And but there's like hundreds of people that sign up. So you literally just have to wait till you get called and like you go. It's super fun though. And then there's like an after party and like yeah. um, my buddies they play in this band. Um Nether Hour they play after. It's fucking dope. And then everybody just gets super fucked up. So it's fun. But like I kind of forgot that I was even like there to get called up. So I was like so nervous. It really threw me off. <laughs> how many <Yeah>. beers did <laughs> Alex Jones put down at the after party? Like what? talking how many beers did Jones put down at the after party? Are we talking like a 30 rack? I actually, after that, I had so much adrenaline, I just left. Right. <laughs> was it in yeah. Austin? Yeah. What? Was it in Austin? Yeah, yeah. It's at the okay. place Vulcan. It's like um, on Sixth Street. But yeah, so then we went and we all got like fucked up at another bar. And then we so came. they just called up different comedians and you do jokes. Like, I didn't yeah. get to see the whole thing. I just saw you shotgunning your beer. So I was kind of confused. Uh, great time, by the way. You should check that out. It was uh, impressive. Yeah, so they go, they call up um, like a comedian out of the hat, like I said, only like five or six, and then you go up and you give a minute of like just stand up, and then after that, they like ask you a bunch of interview questions. Yeah, and so, but they're like kind of ruthless, so that's why it's like you know, scary. (laughs) Yeah, Bianca Parado's our guest. Um, promote your stuff where we could find you. Uh, you post a lot of videos to your Instagram. Yeah, um, I guess my name Bianca Parado. There's actually only one of me, so nice. uh, kind of whatever. Puff Daddy Yonks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I had this question. My research. Meme page. <laughs> Do you run your own meme page, which is awesome. Yeah, I used to. That was actually what I was doing for work for a while before uh, comedy. Is uh, like you know the games, the, the meme page. I don't know. No, no, I'm sorry. Really Enlighten us. Check that one out. But I used to work for him and like run, help him run a meme page, and so we'd like. How did that connection happen? I would make memes and I would send it to them. <laughs> <laughs> so you you would just like DM them stuff. From there. That's yeah, an they're like, oh, that's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> but so yeah, I would do that. But what are some things that go into stand up <laughs> that we as people just taking it in from the crowd don't understand? Kind of the craft that goes behind it and how. So your first, I wanted you to take us back to your first stand up, kind of in front of a live crowd. What were your nerves like? My first time I was so nervous, like, but it was weird. I was super, super nervous before. And then like, I got on stage and I was just- Got in the flow. Totally chill. Like, I don't know. Um, now I don't really get nervous before. The thing I get the most nervous for before though is um, there's like kind of two types of way that people do stand up. Some people just know their jokes and they like want to go through and just like kind of pull them out of like a hat or like even riff it um that's a tough thing to watch as well and like some people have like a more structured outline so like I like to weave my jokes together where they like make sense in a flow so um now if I feel any kind of pressure it's like I just want to make sure I hit them all in that flow because if you miss one then it kind of throws you off and it just yeah but so that's probably the thing I get the most like stressed for sure yeah I see I, I have to so like I said, I've seen you perform. I've also seen videos. You're very funny, but your material, like you don't really hold back on anything. Like, you know, you <laughs> that's a great question. I, like, what do you, you make want. of, do, do you ever get like um, nervous that like a certain like family members are going to see like Ooh. a certain, listen to a certain thing or like, 
And just the 2021 climate, have you had yeah. to adapt? Is there anything you won't touch? Um, I like, I'll touch like, I'll kind of say just about anything. Like, I don't know. The other day I was watching myself on Kill Tony and I was like, I'm a fucking pervert. And I was like, oh my God. And I was like, but whatever. Uh, so I just kind of, yeah, I don't hold back. I've done a lot of like podcasts and I'll just like be like, did I just say that? like so yeah yeah no at this point i'm like if you're open about everything they can't get you for anything so we'll just see what happens yeah and i feel like being a comedian is like out of all the professions that's like the the top of the list of it's the hardest to get canceled for saying yeah it's a joke yeah you're not in it to offend people you're in it to get that generate that laugh and make people feel good about your material there's definitely times though where I've been in a room and I've had like what I wanted to plan like to say for the joke of the night or whatever and or like what I wanted to close on and because it does kind of depend on the room not always yeah. and you should be a, a, like a good enough comedian where you like can work over in your room but sometimes you'll look up and you're just like they're gonna hate this like and you know before <laughs> they say it like if it's like a really reserved crowd or like one time I like somebody booked me for a show and I got them and it was like all like like men and women like above their 50s and i was like right not your demo yeah yeah like, they're gonna hate me <laughs> so <laughs> did they end up like, trying to, i have to try to like tell my my nicer stuff <laughs> <laughs> did they end up like did you get good laughs or did they end up hating yeah, they're fine yeah not, not all of them sometimes they're like yeah <laughs> yeah they're they're laughing their wives are kind of looking to make sure they're not stickering too hard yeah. um, i've got just one more question completely off topic so jack or brendan anything else before we get bianca or guest out of here uh i guess just like what's i know obviously there's no like path or anything but are you strictly trying to stick stand up or do you kind of like like this hosting thing you're doing or where where do you see yourself going or just following just letting it rip and seeing what happens yeah dude that's a pretty good question because actually um I've been doing a lot of like hosting shows because I really like to host and like I you know we were in classes together in college I went to school for events so I like the like idea of putting something on um but then I like have to make sure I find a balance though where I am just doing giving my stand-up like enough attention and because like it is like can be like time consuming and you have to like pay everybody and be, have to get your set list and promotion and flyers and whatnot and so like in times where I'm doing that I could be writing and so I was like oh I want to do another show and I have like three going for a week and I was like maybe pause on that and like go back into it and make sure you're like branching out and stuff more so that's kind of why like I'm really excited to go to New York too yeah yeah. So you, you went to Mizzou. Are you from St. Louis originally? Yeah. So I was originally from St. Louis and then I lived in Boulder and then I okay. moved back to St. Louis. Let's go cards. I was literally just yeah. theorizing this uh, 12 in a row. We should do like a wing in it, like watch party for a playoff game. Rent out Harpo's Chesterfield. Like we'd have Bianca perform. Yeah. I'll start serving again for old time. Shout oh out my to God. Bianca. Yeah. 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 Something like that. I love what you do. I mean, the live aspect of it is awesome. So uh, we appreciate your time. My last question is how awesome is pot? Uh, these <laughs> don't know. I mean, I'm here trying to bring it for everyone here on winging it. <laughs> Dude, I literally, <laughs> my neighbor that just moved in blows glass. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, yeah. I stopped by them. I saw them in the hallway and I just got absolutely toast. And I was like, yeah, I'm about to go do this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're walking but, out um, with a fresh new bong. Uh, just yeah. Is that the neighbor that asked you to hang out? 
Yeah, wait, no. This is a new one, dude. He was moving in and he was moving all this glass over. And I was like, what's up, dude? And he's like, <laughs> Bianca Parado or And I was like, this is fucking tight. It makes me feel like I'm in like, you know, broke side again. I just grab like, a couple dabs, head home. <laughs> That was one of my favorite jokes from watching your stand-up was I, the, the timing. My last question is the timing and kind of the cadence that goes into it, because you delivered this perfectly. I just moved. My neighbor, my new neighbor asked me to hang out, which sucks. Now I have to move again, uh, <laughs> yeah, which dude. is just a killer joke. Uh, I remember, like, who it was and where we were at the pool. And they're like, yeah, we should really hang out sometime. You know, I was like, That's I the worst. Uh, <laughs> my door. I, was like, oh. I avoid my neighbors like the plague. Like yeah. I think they kind of see me in the windows sometimes. I'm like this farting. This is pretty away. tight though, so I'm like, yeah, that's dope. But yeah, yeah I'm I wish very my yeah. friendly. I don't. My 95 year old grandma doesn't blow glass, unfortunately, <laughs> behind my house. Uh, Bianca Parada, we appreciate it. Really interesting. We look forward to kind of following you in your career in Austin, Texas. Check her out on Instagram. You do a lot of great stuff, live shows, and uh, keep doing you for the comedy. Uh, you're very funny. We appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for having me. Thanks, y'all. Of course.